Hello, and welcome to Northeast Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bill Lampton, your host. Our regular co-host, Bo Henderson, is traveling today. As a matter of fact, he's traveled a long way. He got tired of all the rain in Northeast Georgia, and he's in Jamaica. Nice going, Bo. And Bo will be back with us next week. Every week on this show, we highlight local business leaders by holding lively conversations with them that you can hear. By talking with them, we learn tips and strategies that will help all of us become much more successful in our own business. And we also learn what they are doing to make life better in Northeast Georgia through their community involvement. So join me now as I welcome today's guest, First Gunnery Sergeant John Herlock, United States Marine Corps. Let's salute Sergeant Herlock. Hello, Sergeant, and welcome on, on the show. Hey, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. Tell us, please, how you got interested in the military and, and a career in the military. Uh, for me, I was working retail down in Douglasville. I'm not going to name the stores, but basically it was a, a future I didn't want for myself. I wanted a little bit more, bit more adventure, a bit more opportunity. Um, that led me to looking into the military branches and eventually settling on the Marine Corps. Uh, it's been 12 years since I've been in. I'm a, a trained certified air traffic controller, been around the world a couple of times, and now they've got me back out here in Georgia uh, recruiting. And you don't miss the uh, the stores in Douglasville? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about the recruiting side. Why is it a person in their late teens, early 20s would want to think about going into the Marine Corps? You had your reasons. What are some other reasons possibly? Honestly, um, I don't have enough time here to go into all the detail about what it can do to benefit someone's life. Uh, or their future. Uh, basically, someone coming out of high school, in my opinion, there is nothing better they can do to set themselves up for a successful future than consider military service, whichever branch, but in my opinion, because I'm biased, obviously the Marine Corps. And what, what, why is that the case? Why do you think it is such a good choice? So going the traditional route of into college straight from high school, um, there's a lot of financial investment in that there's the sunk cost fallacy of maybe you know two years into it you decide you don't want to do this career anymore but you've already spent two years working towards the degree and probably 10 to twenty thousand dollars in debt maybe exactly um going through the marine corps not only are you getting practical experience uh training certifications that are going to transfer out to the civilian sector but you're also getting your college paid for by the marine corps so it's kind of the two-for-one deal there, and you're learning and developing as an individual, as a leader, um, and having some experiences and some, you know, seeing some things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to see. It's very interesting. I have a, a friend of my daughter's who recently enlisted in the armed services, and for as long as I've known this young man, he's been rather aimless mm -hmm. and I, I guess I could say disoriented. But a few weeks ago, he decided to join the armed services. And everyone who knows him knows that that was a good decision for him. 
because <laughs> I think I heard a joke one time about somebody who said they were going into the military, but they said, but you know, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't have those choices anymore, oh, no, do I, you? I'm a morning person by profession, not by choice. <laughs> and so the, the discipline and the, I suppose, teamwork has a lot to do with what you learn that's so valuable to you, whether you stay in the armed services or you go into business. Teamwork is, is something you, it's ingrained in what you do. Definitely. Um, it's not just the teamwork, it's the leadership as well. So with the Marine Corps, we start out pretty small as far as you're responsible for yourself, maybe one or two Marines around you. But then as you promote up through rank, through experience, um, that scope of responsibility starts growing until, you know, depending on what job you're doing within the Marine Corps, um, you could have a 19, 20-year-old Lance Corporal who's responsible for 40 or $50 million worth of equipment. That's pretty challenging right there. Definitely. Well, what are the qualifications someone needs? Say some young person wants to join. What, what, what's requ what is required? What do they have to go through? Okay. Um, so a permanent resident or United States citizen with, at the very least, a GED. Um, it's a lot easier to get in with a high school diploma. Um, minimal police involvement is always preferred. Uh, you need to be in basic good health. So uh, physically, the requirements to go to boot camp have to be able to run a mile and a half in 13 minutes, do a minimum of five pull-ups, and a minimum of 55 crunches inside of two minutes. So, but like I said, basically between nine, uh, sorry, 17 and 29 years old um, with that high school diploma or at the very least a GED. So what if a person's in their 30s, they can't do this? Uh, if they've got prior service, there's usually a, a way we can work the system. Otherwise, beyond 29, with the physical strain of the Marine Corps, it is difficult to get in. There is a waiver process, but it's it's pretty rigorous just to make sure that we're not putting someone in that is putting themselves in a position where they might get injured unnecessarily. One thing I'm not sure about, once a person enlists... Are they, is there any out for them, or once they've made that decision, they're in for how long? So once you set foot on Paris Island, on those yellow footprints, uh, it's four years. That is the minimum contract, contractual obligation that you have. Um, there are opportunities for early release, uh, but typically that four years is what you're going to do. Um, and it's just a matter of if you don't like what you do, Make the most of it. Use some of the opportunities you have there to set yourself up for what you're going to do next. We were talking a few minutes ago about the financial advantages. I would guess that's something that progresses. It's not all that great at first, but uh, as you move up in rank, and I, from what I can understand, after, what, 20 years or so, you would have a, a pretty substantial reti uh, retirement plan. Definitely. Um, so starting out, the pay, you hear a lot of the time that the military doesn't get paid much. And I'm not going to say that's true because it's not, um, but when you factor in the allowances and the benefits, such as the health care, the housing, um, food. Travel. Travel, yes. Mm -hmm. Everything else that comes into it. Um, the money we get, less, you know, is, is that's your money to spend. So you don't have those, those basic cost of living expenses. Um, and that leaves a lot more money in the 
Maureen's pocket at the end of the at the end of the week. Um, as you do progress through, as you get married, as you know, there's children that come along. Um, though there, there are benefits, there are allowances that cover for them, and provide housing and such for those dependents. We talked about teamwork, and you talked about the fact that from the outset you're responsible for some very expensive equipment, and as you increase in rank, you're responsible for others as well. So not only teamwork, you learn leadership. Definitely. So I started out as in my first contract within the Marine Corps. I was a motor transport operator, so pretty much driving vehicles. Um, I started out, I was responsible for my vehicle and whatever got loaded on it or whoever was I was carrying. Um, when I re-enlisted, I changed jobs into air traffic control. So now as an air traffic controller, I'm responsible for an aircraft being guided into the runways in inclement weather, which that's, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress there. Um, as I moved up, as I picked up rank, I became a crew chief. So now I'm responsible for all the air traffic controllers on my watch, uh, which was 28 air traffic controllers reporting to me and all the operations of the airfield while we were on shift. That's a great responsibility. It is definitely a lot of responsibility. Um, and then right now, out here is the station commander in Gainesville. I've got a station in Cumming that I'm responsible for, a station in Tacoa, and all the young men and women that have made that decision that they want to be United States Marines. Currently, we have 47 in our pool program that are training and getting ready for boot camp. So. Well, it's clear that you have developed a, a skill that would be easily transferable if you injure Marine Corps service, I would imagine that's true with a lot of Marines. You you get some uh, specialization, you get some training, you get some trades that will serve you well professionally later on. Definitely. Um, so one of the big misconceptions that's out there that we encounter about the Marine Corps is that everyone's infantry. Um, there's over 320 different jobs within the Marine Corps that are not infantry. So pretty much anything you can imagine. That would be good news to our listeners. That's it. And almost anything you can imagine with the exception of medical. Um, the Marine Corps has something that is going to get you hands-on experience, training, and certifications. Um, blowing up right now is the aviation field. Um, the Marine Corps is flying more hours per pilot than any other branch. Um, and then we have pretty much, any, any, like I said, anything you can imagine from financial to logistics um, through mechanical. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities for someone to find something to set themselves up for a future career. One thing that would come to somebody's mind, I think, if they're thinking about enlisting, would be the impact on family, family separation from their parents, or if they're a young married or, or whatever. Address that for us, please. Okay. Um, so one of the big things that the Marine Corps does is you get 30 days of paid vacation every single year. Um, Most people don't get that. Exactly. And for a 17, 18-year-old, that's, that's almost unheard of, coming out into the working world. Um, also, federal holidays, uh, all the big ones are usually a four-day weekend that enables these young men and women to come home and visit friends and family. Um, what about the cost of transportation? So our nearest base to Georgia right now is going to be Buford, South Carolina. There's also um, Camp Lejeune up in North Carolina. That's about an eight-hour drive. There are opportunities for military members on leave to fly free on military planes. I used that on my first duty station to Okinawa, Japan, where I flew back into California on a military plane free of charge. 
So, and then my mother works for AirTrans, so that got me a free flight back into Atlanta. Good combination there. That's it. Certainly a, a young person thinking about the military thinks about safety and how do they know they won't go to a war zone. But I, I suppose the answer to that is if they do go, they will be well-equipped and well-supported. Definitely. Um, so the big thing there is everyone in the Marine Corps has their role, has their job to do. The Marine Corps spent $500,000 training me to be an air traffic controller. If I did get sent to Iraq or Afghanistan, it's not going to be a case of here's a rifle, go fight. It's a case of you're here, be an air traffic controller. Um, and the same goes for pretty much every job we have. The difference is that the Marines, every single Marine, has that basic combat training so that in a worst-case scenario where I do have to pick up a rifle and defend myself or the Marine to the left or right of me, I know which end of the rifle to point at the bad guys. I know that um, you have stimulated interest in both parents and young people who could be considering enlisting. So tell us, please, your contact information. Okay. Uh, easiest way to get hold of a Marine Corps recruiter, regardless of where you are, is going to be visiting marines.com, the website, and just put in a request for information there, and a recruiter will reach out within a couple of days. Um, in the, the Gainesville area, um, you can reach one of my recruiters on 678-333-1433, and that's Sergeant Skelly. He's the Marine recruiter responsible for the Gainesville area. Very helpful. Thank you very much for your service, Semper Fi. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. Happy to have you with us. And next, we're going to turn to two gentlemen, Josh Livingston and Jason Horner, who are with Cerakote Solutions. And we're going to begin by getting a definition of the word, Cerakote. What in the heck is that, Josh? So Cerakote is uh, a polymer ceramic composite coating. Um, Don't ask me to spell that. No, <laughs> it, comes, it comes in the form just like a paint, just like anything else. The easiest way to explain it is if you've ever heard of powder coating, which is kind of a big thing in machine shops and automotive world, it's the same process to an extent, except we don't use the whole electrolysis part of it. Um, so the process is still the same there. Um, but as far as the coating goes, it could be applied to virtually anything. The only thing I know that they haven't really tested too good on is, uh, I think it was carbon fiber and fiberglass because you actually have to heat the coating into the oven for it to adhere to whatever you're applying it to. So wood and fi or fiberglass and carbon fiber, they do really kind of wonky things when you put them in the oven. Um, they kind of misform, so we really don't kind of operate around those. But um, Cerakote itself, it's, it's a very durable coating. And um, if, you, if you've ever gone to Cerakote's actual website, you could see that. Uh, they have extensive tests that they have ran their product through um, to show how durable it is. And it's right now it's just kind of blown up into the farm community and it's become a big thing. And that's kind of where me and Jason had picked up on it. Well, Jason, uh, to bring you into it, why would somebody want that done to a firearm? Well, they can change the way it, the firearm looks. You can put pretty much any design, color. They have like over 200 different colors. So they can personalize their firearm, make it look how they want to. So this would be a real gun lover who, oh yeah, <laughs> a firearm lover who, who wants it to. It, it's 
it's almost like a pet when you're <laughs> when you're a, a, a firearm lover, yeah, I suppose. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's a big thing in the gun fanatics world right now. Um, and I mean, to an extent, if you think about it too, you know, your your rifles and everything that are pre-age that are now considered antiques or curio relics, you want to keep them that way because they're more valuable. But now that Cerakotes kind of came into the industry, um, it, it's almost I don't want to say an art, but on our process, the end it is an art. So um, just whatever you could bring to the imagination that you want done on your farm, we can almost do it. And it 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 preserves the, for example, the um, the stock of the gun. It, it preserves it much longer. It, it does, a hundred percent. More along like your your modern farms nowadays that are the stocks are polymer. Um, you don't really get too much. I hate to say it. Um, kind of wear and durability on it. So. You know, metals rust when it rains. Metals and water never mix. Um, so that's, I think that's kind of what Cerakote was aiming for, was to be able to protect that to get, you know, the most life out of your firearm. Um, and that's when they put it into the test. Um, they have videos, they show extensive tests that they put against other, I'm not going to name them, uh, paint coatings that are in the market. They put their product up against Cerakote, and Cerakote actually took it into an extent of putting their product through a torture test against these others. So like one, for example, was they have this, it's kind of like a big box, but they call it a salt bath. And they had 13 other different manufactured paints that they had stuck in there and they just sprayed it on like a piece of metal. And they went through an extensive test through all these with, uh, it's a concentration of like 5% salt. And then uh, it's at like 95 degrees Fahrenheit, I think. But they continually ran it over and over and over. And so in the time lapse, they would actually show which products were starting to show signs of rust first, for example, because that's what we're trying to prevent on firearms. You know, you don't want pitting, you don't, you don't want cracks or anything in the barrels. So um, within like the first 24 to 48 hours, I think 10 of those companies failed with rust showing up. And Cerakote came to, um, I want to say it was 2,000, a little over 2,000 hours before the first sign of rust actually showed. So it is definitely 100% um, a protective coating, but and now that we got over like five or 600 colors, now yeah. it's become, I don't want to say a fad because that really puts a bad name on it, but to an extent, it's almost a fad. So it's protective and decorative. Exactly, 100%. Jason, how did you guys get into this? What, what interested you about it? Well, it was actually Josh's idea. I just kind of rode his coattails. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always been into firearms. And we were trying to think of something we could do where I'm a boat mechanic and I just, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. So we were trying to think of something, another type of business we could get into that's not so physical. Because as I get older, being a boat mechanic is getting more difficult. And yours is is part of a national, it's, it's not just a local company. Yeah, I mean, right now um, with us, I mean, everybody, well, I can't say everybody because a lot of people talk to, they don't even know what Cerakote is. Yeah. So then we kind of have to go through the whole process of what we just explained to you. But um, locally, we're, we're getting out there, and then we're getting calls from, I mean, Atlanta, from people we don't even know. So it, it's starting to blow up, and, uh, I mean, it, it's good on our end. So, I mean, with our goal in the ultimate future, Hopefully, kind of what we're looking at is taking over the state of Georgia and then to the surrounding states. Because, like Jason said, you know, he's kind of in the process of with his age and stuff. He's ready to retire. And uh, I think we're just ready to work for ourselves. 
I know we've got some gun owners out there who are thinking this all sounds good. It'll take care of my firearm. It will make it look more attractive and decorative. But what cost is involved? So the the cost, it depends on everything that you're wanting to get done. So let's say for a handgun, for instance, for just one single basic color, um, if a person's just like, hey, I don't care what the color is or just choose something that you have in stock, I just want my gun protected, it's going to run you $225. Now, And and that's guaranteed protection for how long? That's guaranteed. Um, me and Jace, we're still working on the warranty. Um, we haven't had anything fail yet. But right now we go 30 days out. If there's any kind of flaw or imperfection, then uh, when they bring it back to us, then we will refinish it um, just because it's probably something that happened on our end or our equipment failed and we didn't realize it. Um, but once you get more extensive extensive into like the stenciling and everything, yeah. price goes up from there because it's a lot more work. Um, just for me to cut out stencils and to get the pattern and everything right may add like two hours. I mean, we had one gun that we were in 15 hours yeah. just because it was kind of like a showpiece for our shows. So a lot of people don't understand like how much work actually goes into this. So if I have a, a firearm I want to bring to you, and, and I, we agree on the, the price and what you're going to do, how long will I be without it? It depends how much we're backed out. Um, I don't want to say that we don't want to be backed out, but we're kind of looking into getting to that. Um, usually... Well, getting backed up is good for business. 100%. You know. That's kind of what we're shooting for. A, a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's usually a couple-day turnaround. Um, and, I mean, if it's if it's something that we get a lot of, you know, Glocks is a hot-ticket item. Everybody has Glocks. We're an AR. Um, it's something that we could assemble, reassemble, do a function check on after it's completed to make sure everything is safe. Um, it's usually about two days. Well, I suppose that... Another thing to think about is, I guess you you got training from the company for this. It, it's not something you just moved right into. Um, n not necessarily. I've like Jason said, he's you know we're both firearm nuts. Um, we've been through a lot of firearms. We've disassembled, reassembled. Um, so the training kind of proposed itself off of that. Um, but we do have connections with manufacturers if, per se. You know, there, there's a part that we don't think is right in the firearm itself, or if there's a spring that we know is not right, we have the connections, we could call them and actually get a schematic breakdown. So we make sure that the firearm, going back to the customer, is safe and it's 100% operational. Well, let me ask uh, just the person who's not a, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say, well, I'd say use a big word and say a gun aficionado, somebody who right. really loves firing. But say the average homeowner mm -hmm. who is not that that devoted to hunting or anything else that where they use their firearm a lot they just have it at home for protection would they still want your services i mean it's completely up to them um if they're tired of looking at the same old gun that they've had for 14 years or something want to change it up then yes but i mean Hunter, I mean, we've had a lot of hunters this year that yeah. actually have come to us just to get a coating because the last guy we did, um, he hunted mostly this last season. It's been all in the rain. And so that's what he was worried about. Um, and also the homeowners, they're not going to shoot their gun a lot probably. 
You know, so yes, it's right. going to sit in a closet for um, years. Or in a desk drawer or something. And, right. and they're not going to oil it, probably. So mm-hmm. if it's Cerakoted, you're not going to have to worry about rust. Right. Because that's the main thing that will ruin a firearm is rust. I notice that you're a licensed FFL. What is that? So the FFL, it stands for uh, Federal Firearms License. And for me and Jason to be able to do this work, we had to actually apply for it to get it. So that's a whole process through the ATF. Um, me and Jason, we kind of came into this thinking that this was going to be an easy startup company. And I did more research into it and found out that we had to have this. And if we didn't have it, we'd be in big trouble. So that was what three or four month process yeah. that we had to actually apply and send it to the ATF. And then an ATF investigator had to come out and do an interview with us. And then it was like four weeks after, yeah, yeah four weeks after the interview, they declared if we actually got the FFL or not. It's interesting. We've hosted many entrepreneurs on this program, and I don't remember any of them saying they had an easy startup. No. <laughs> we thought it was going to be real easy. Yeah, <laughs> and it turned out to be about an eighth-month headache. Yeah. Well, I, I heard a saying long ago, anything done by an expert looks easy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But it may not be easy. No. <laughs> no, we, don't, we usually don't tell people um, – when it comes behind the scenes of our process, you know, it's usually when they see their gun, when they drop it off and pick it up and they're like, man, that is so awesome. You know, cause it's a lot of sweat and headaches behind what we do. We're getting back to, you said one of your goals is to, I suppose, become the company of your niche in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in what ways would you expand geographically? You'd have different locations or what? Well, we'd like to get busy enough to have a storefront. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and that's just that was like another thing me and Jason have been looking into. Once you get a storefront with what we're doing, it brings in all kinds of different regulations with the city. So walk in traffic too. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, when it comes to painting, you know, if we get a storefront, then we're gonna have to get flameproof fans. OSHA is gonna get involved. Yeah. Permits, everything comes into it. So it's it's a step by step baby process for us right now, but we're working towards it. We'd like to get big enough that we need a storefront. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. Once you get to storefront, you get bigger. That's right. Yeah, yep. Well, I know we have people who, gun owners, who would like to follow up with you. So mm-hmm. tell us, please, your contact information. So our website is Cerakote, C-E-R-A-K-O-T-E, dash solutions.com. Um, our phone number is 404-301. 9004 you can ask for either me josh or jason and then um you can get on our facebook too and follow us to see all the projects we got coming up and that's uh Cerakote solutions llc and so if somebody calls you do they bring the gun to you you don't have a location do you go pick it up or what well behind our licensing they actually have to physically drop the firearm with us because we have to log it into what they call an a and d book so it has to be logged in and logged out with the customer so they'll bring it to our address, which is on our website, uh, 3628 Galley Court. And the only other way they could do it, they would have to have, they have to take the gun to someone else with an FFL, mm-hmm. and then they could ship it to us since we have an FFL. Right. That's the only so other way we could do it. Any local big gun shop, or any like Foxhole or Dawsonville gun, anybody, that, I mean, they're all going to have their FFL licenses, even out-of-state people too. So if they hear about us, they could get into contact with us tell their FFL, and then their FFL will contact us, and we'll exchange numbers. 
Well, thank you very much for being with us today. And it seems to me we've had quite a combination here. We've had the United States Marine Corps that has been defending freedom and our country since 1775. And then we've got firearms <laughs> protectors. So a wonderful combination. We thank you very much, Gunnery Sergeant John Herlock, Josh Livingston from Saracote Solutions, along with Jason Horner. I'm your host, Bill Lampton. Be with us again next week for North Georgia Business Radio X.